I'm pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time to have the drive to work. Okay, so today, and for uh, the next few podcasts, I'm going to be going through Lorwyn, doing a, a, a card-by-card podcast. We're going to talk about different cards from the set of Lorwyn. So we're going to start with a Johnny Goldmane. So two white-white. Uh, it's obviously a, a planeswalker. Uh, n- now a legendary planeswalker. Uh, at the time, it, it would have just said planeswalker. Um, a Johnny. Uh, so he has a loyalty of four, and he has three abilities. His first plus one, his plus one ability is you gain two life. His minus one ability is put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. And his minus six ability is create a white avatar creature token. It has this creature's power and toughness are each equal to your life total. Um, so a couple things. So we had originally planned to make the Planeswalkers or make some of them in Future Sight. Uh, and then they were going to show up for the first time, not in Future Sight, uh, in Lorwyn. But we, we weren't happy with them. We ended up pushing them back. So they ended up premiering in Lorwyn. Um, so we ended up making five Planeswalkers in Lorwyn, what is now known as the Lorwyn Five, uh, which would be Ajani, Jace, Liliana, Chandra, and Garrick. Um, yeah, the interesting thing on Ajani was um, Ajani out of the gate was actually the least popular of the five. Um, I think he slowly grew in popularity over time, and now Ajani actually is pretty well liked. Um, I think the... Uh, my best guess is that the other four were sort of all human, um, and Ajani was just a little different, and it was a, a little disconcerting at first. The thing we try to do with uh, Planeswalkers in this set, since it's the first time you've ever seen them, is make them very typically their color. And this was really, really early in Planeswalker design, so we weren't... Later on, we got a lot more focused on... Um, who is this character and what do they represent and we want a suite of powers that really hits who they are where this particular the first incarnation is a little bit more let's make a typical white planeswalker um now one of the things about a johnny uh a johnny is a healer a lot of people don't know that about a johnny uh which is where the life game come from um the thing we always liked about a johnny this was true from the very early parts of a johnny is the idea that he wants to work with others that he is at his best with lots of other others around him. Um, now that slowly, uh, the current version of Johnny that we sort of came to is that his abilities help others and not himself. Um, that he can't boost himself, he only helps others. Um, and that his abilities are all about, you know, from a story standpoint, he is more powerful when working with others because his abilities work on others. His magic enhances others, not himself. Um, and you can see that in his second ability. Uh, his third ability, the avatar-making ability, um, is... I mean, there's some synergy there from a design standpoint in that the first ability gives you life, and the last ability, the ultimate, um, allows you to make a creature based on your life total. So those are synergistic with each other. Um, and if you make the avatar, you can then, assuming you still have loyalty to keep him around, you can then give yourself more life to make the avatar bigger. Um, but the avatar is not particularly a Johnny. Like, the middle ability really is the more defining... Um, I mean, life gain is fine, he's a healer. Um, but the mil- middle ability that's helping your creatures is a little more where a Johnny actually ended up. Um, so it's interesting to see the original version of it. Okay. Um, uh, next. Um, so let's talk about a Moboy Changeling. So it's one in the blue for a shapeshifter. It's one, one. 
Uh, so it's a change line. Changing means uh, this card is every creature type. Uh, and you can tap target creature gains all creature types or tap target creature loses all creature types. So Lorwyn had a strong tribal theme to it. And so part of having a tribal theme is um, making it such that tribes, that there's some flexibility with tribes. And so as I explained um, when I talked all about Lorwyn the set, changing was kind of our glue, our tribal glue to make that stuff work. Um, one of the things we like to do... Uh, when we do that is having cards that sort of manipulate the things. So this is a good example where this card says, I can make anything into a changeling or make anything not a changeling, essentially. I can control whether something is or isn't affected by tribal things. Um, now, the interesting thing about this is, notice that this creature affects anybody. I can affect me, I can affect you. Um, these days, these kind of effects... A, we don't do them as much, and B, we tend to only affect your own stuff. Now, it's like, oh, I can enhance my own stuff, but we, we tend to do less of my stuff keeps your stuff from working. Um, you know, we, we, more of what we tend to do is enable you to help make your stuff work, um, but we've really toned down the I stop my opponent's stuff from working. Um, we do a little bit of it, um, but we tend to do it more one-shot these days rather than uh, something that sits on the board and constantly does that. Because one of the things that's not fun is, oh, there's all these neat tribal synergies, and you get this out, and the, and the opponent goes, oh, I can't do any of my tribal synergies. You know, that, the idea of things that this shut down inherently is the fun part of the set. It's something we have to be very careful about. And this card is the kind of card that we... Oh, one second. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that I don't think we'd make in this form today, that we wouldn't... Uh, I don't think it would affect... Probably it would just grant creature you control all creature types... Uh, and wouldn't take away, because I don't think we'd have taken away the opponent's, and I, I don't, you taking away yours, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of play in that, so I don't know if we would do that. Um, okay, next. Ashling the Pilgrim. So Ashling the Pilgrim's one in a red. It's a legendary creature, an ele elemental shaman. For uh, It's a one-one creature. For a one in red, put a plus-one, plus-one counter on Ashling the Pilgrim. If this is the third time the ability has resolved this turn, remove all plus one encounters from Ash and the Pilgrim, and it deals that much damage to each creature and each player. Um, so the idea... Uh, so we had a bunch of elementals in the set. Uh, elementals, I think, were based in red, but they actually showed up in all five colors. Um, and one of the themes that we ran through the um, elementals is this uh, three times thing where if you use an ability three times in one turn, activated ability, uh, it would generate an additional ability. So the idea essentially is each of the small abilities does something, but if you do three in a turn, bigger thing. Now this one is interesting. Ashling, um, in that what, what Ashling does is if you do it three times, it kind of undoes, uh, it kind of, but well, the idea is you can build up over time and then when you want to, by being able to do it three times in a turn, you then get to turn all the counters into damage. Um, so it kind of undoes it to a certain extent, but you also can build it up over many turns. Um, one of the cool things is the creature can get bigger and bigger, and you know you can attack with it as a big creature, but then once you have six mana, you know, three colors and three red, um, or three generic and three red, you can then sort of convert all the counters into damage and use that as a means to kill a big creature or maybe finish off your opponent. Oh yeah, each oh, sorry. deals that much damage to each creature and each player. So it's like it's like a well, it's like an earthquake that hits everything, um, hits players and hits creatures. So the idea essentially, I guess, is you build you build up Ashling, and then when Ashling is potent enough and you have enough mana, you can just sort of explode. Um, and this is a legendary creature. I know this. Uh, 
there's built some decks built around this picture, so it's definitely kind of fun. Okay. Next. Okay, um, next is, uh, Battle Wand Oak. Two and a green for a tree folk warrior. Whenever a force enters the battlefield under your control, Battle Wand Oak is plus two plus two until end of turn. Whenever you cast a tree folk spell, Battle Wand Oak is plus two plus two until end of turn. Um, so one of the things that we played around, tree folk was one of our, uh, creatures in this set. One of the things we played around with is the idea of tree folk caring about forests, um, they were base green anyway, and the idea of trees and tree like, of course, of course, a tree folk would like the forest. It's made up of trees, um, and so note that this is uh, pre-landfall. Landfall wouldn't come to Zendikar, so here's us messing around in landfall space uh, prior to landfall existing. Um, and so the idea we wanted is we liked the idea of a tree folk that could um, come down relatively early and then keep getting buffs. The problem is most tree folk are a little more expensive, so we like the idea of forest trigger it and tree folk trigger it, so that you can sort of trigger it every turn by playing land, and you can also trigger it when you start playing other land. But we, we thought the synergy there was kind of cool and was a neat flavor. Um, the other thing that we did with this card um, is one of the things we were doing in Lorwyn was um, we had a little bit of a theme of pushing, uh, caring about basic lands, um, to enable people who want to do some monocolor stuff to do some monocolor stuff. So, for example, this card works pretty well in a mono green tree folk deck. Um, one of the things we had done in this set with um, tribal, I explained this in the podcast, but real quickly, is um, we try to make sure that all our tribes that we supported appeared in more than one color. Um, although all the everything, there are eight tribes that we supported. All of them appeared in at least two colors. Um, Tree Folk, I think, was in three colors, and uh, Elementals was in five colors. So we definitely sort of made it such that there was a bunch of things you could do uh, with the creatures and give you a lot of different choices of how you want to build the deck. Because um, one of the things that we like to do in a tribal thing is allow you to build the decks in different ways. And one of the biggest ways to do that is to... Um, you know, is to give you options of how to build a deck by giving you color choices. And that, like, for example, Tree Folk, I think, were in green, black, and white, I think. Um, so you can make a mono green deck, for example, using things like cards like this, or you can make green black, or green white, or green black white, or um, black white was kind of hard just because so many Tree Folk historically have been in green. Um, okay, next. Bogart Harbinger. Two and a black creature, Goblin Shaman. When uh, Bogart Harbinger enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a goblin card, reveal it, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it. So the Harbinger cycle, um, this was a cycle. I th I think whether we made eight or five. I think we made five Harbingers. Um, I don't think there were Harbingers for all eight tribes. I think there were Harbingers, I think, for five of the tribes. I think we rotated this through color. Um, could be wrong with that. That's my memory. Um, anyway... One of the things that we wanted to do is, look, there's a tribal theme. One of the concerns in general for Limited is making sure that you have enough of the theme to make it work. Um, so the idea here is we put in a little bit of tutoring. Um, because we didn't want the card advantage, we put it on top of your library. So the idea essentially is, it's not that I'm drawing the card, but I'm choosing what my next draw is. Um, we tend not to do as much um, tutoring these days. Um, the main reason is there's a certain amount of um, 
replication of um, of uh, that things happen the same way time and time again if you always can tutor for things. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we want to be very careful about is um, making sure that there's enough variety in um, how games play out. So we're more likely now, if we were going to do this cycle in a current set, we're more likely to look at top end cards of your library and then get the, the, the correct type, but let it go to your hand. So the idea is there would be some card advantage, but in order, for example, let's say we let you look at the top five or six cards. Um, in order for you to find your tribe, we got to be playing a, a pretty heavy concentration of your tribe. So um, the weird thing about tutoring is it allows you sometimes to play actually less of the tribe, where uh, look at top of library forces you to play to play more of it. So we, that that my friends is good. Okay. Um, Bogart shenanigans, two in a red. Tribal Enchantment Goblin. Whenever another goblin you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may have Bogart shenanigans deal one damage to target player or planeswalker. Uh, it, I'm reading you the Oracle text, by the way, and not um, it did not reference planeswalker originally. Um, it would have just said player, and then a planeswalker's team. Well, this isn't okay. Planeswalker showed up for the first time in this set, um, but at the time there was a planeswalker redirection rule. It didn't specify planeswalker. Anyway, um, so a couple things. One is this is a tribal enchantment goblin. So that's something we had done in this set where um, we were trying to make cards that weren't creature cards be of creature types so that we could care about them. Um, and the idea being that if you had this tribal enchantment out, this goblin enchantment out, and you counted your goblins, well, guess what? It's a goblin. Or if you were regrowing a goblin, well, guess what? It's a goblin. Um, and the idea was that it allowed you to interact with non-creatures um, the, the problem, and I've explained this in other places, but the problem with tribal in the big picture was it didn't matter enough, and it's kind of something either you commit to or you don't commit to. Like, okay, here's an enchantment that interacts with goblins. Okay, well, it's, it's a goblin enchantment. Well, we make other enchantments that interact with goblins, uh, we make, and we make other enchantments that are flavored very much to be goblin-y. Does every single, like... Once we go down the path of caring, it makes us sort of care all the time and put a lot of words on cards. And what we found is there's just not a lot of effects that care. I mean, the only thing that matters is um, enchantments. Permanents uh, are aided a little bit because you can count in play. If you're talking about like instants and sorceries, they can only be referenced when you cast them, if they're in your hand or if they're in your graveyard. And there's just a limited number of effects that care about those particular things. So it just... It just didn't show up all that much. Um, okay, another thing this card is doing um, is trying to say... Um, uh, essentially what this card is, is there's a card... Um, there's a card, what was it called? Goblin Bombardment. Goblin Bombardment? Uh, from... I think it was Tempest, I think. Uh, anyways, it, it's an enchantment that says whenever a creature dies, you get to do one damage to any target. Um, and that card was very powerful. Uh, and so this card was sort of like, okay, let's do Goblin Bombardment, but just for goblins. Uh, and Goblin Bombardment costs one in a red, this costs two in a red. So obviously, Goblin Bombardment was a bit strong. So it's like, okay, well, we know Goblin Bombardment is, is strong. Let's remake it, make it just goblins. You know, it be a little bit more expensive. But because it's focused as goblins, um, that makes it, it doesn't just go in any deck. It has to go in a dedicated goblin deck. So um, allow us to make it without making it too much more expensive. Okay, next. 
Bridget, hero of Kinsbale. Two white white, legendary creature, Kithkin Archer. First Reich, as a 2-3 creature, First Reich. Tap, Bridget, hero of Kithbane, deals two damage each attacking and blocking uh, creature target player controls. So I assume, I don't, I don't have the uh, art in front of me. My guess is this is an archer. Um, so this is, uh, Bridget has the ability we call uh, range strike which is the idea that it does damage to things that are attacking or blocking. Um, back in the day, we used to do this as an activated ability. Um, so the idea usually went on an archer or, or somebody with a ranged weapon. Uh, and the idea essentially is that it can interact with things in combat. Um, we still do these effects uh, on instance, uh, usually not a common, well, sometimes a common, um, but we tend to do it as a one-shot surprise thing, not as a sitting on the board. The problem is when it sits on the board, it really shuts down. It really, really, like this card in particular. Okay, so for no mana, anything can be hard. Two damage can go to any attacking or black creature, which means pretty much it's going to kill something that, that I guess in combat. So you know, if you attack with a 1-1, one, one, I need a block with a 4-4 four, four before I'm safe from this card. Um, and so this thing was really board complex and very, I mean, given it, um, I'm pretty sure this is a rare, it's a legendary. Um, but, you know, it really was, we, it's, we, we tend to move away from this. I mean, I guess if ever we're going to do it on a legendary creature at rare is where we would do it nowadays. So that, that is this. Um, but uh, anyway, it is, it is, it's interesting when I look back at, at designs. Like, I like the flavor of this. Obviously, it has first strike, it has range strike. I, I, I will, I will. Bet my bow that this thing is is uh, is, a, is an archer. Oh, it says archer. It's Kithkin archer. I know it's an archer. It says archer in its uh, in its uh, type line. Um, I mean, the mechanically it's flavored like an archer. I, I like that part of it, but um, it's just the kind of card we don't do as much anymore. That's a lot of my themes today. Is how design has changed. Okay, Brian Stoutarm, two red white. It's a legendary creature, a giant warrior. Um, he's a four four. Uh, he's got lifelink, and red and tap, sacrifice another creature. Brian Startarm deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to target player or planeswalker. Uh, once again, it just said player originally. Um, so the idea essentially is it's a 4-4 lifelinker, and it can throw things to deal damage with them to, to players. Um, yeah, one of the things we like to do, uh, I think the first one we ever did was fling. Was fling Tempest? Um... Fling is a spell where you, you sacrifice a creature and then do damage equal to its power to target a player. So this is flinging things, basically. Um, so the thing we, all, we liked about fling is the flavor of I throw something, and then because its power kind of is indicative of its mass, like it talks about how much damage it does, well, if I throw a little thing at you, it's not going to do that much damage. If I throw a giant thing at you, it's going to do a lot of damage. It's heavy. Um, and this card, a lot of times when we make gold cards, the idea is... Can we make something that, um, uh, you know, sort of takes the two um, abilities and combines them in a fun way? So one of the neat things about this is it's a giant. Giant was uh, giants were basically in red and white. Um, I think there might have been a few green giants, but um, the uh, basically we wanted to put a fling on a giant because it's fun. A giant throws things, but what's the? So that's red. That's a red ability. What's the cool white thing we can do? Um, well, Lifelink, which is a base white ability, is cool because it does damage. And Lifelink just cares about damage dealt by the creature. So when this creature deals damage by throwing a creature, you also gain life off that. So there's synergy there, and that's kind of cool. Okay. Cairn Wanderer. 
four and a black for a, a shapeshifter, four four shapeshifter. So five mana total, four generic, one black. It's got changeling. And as long as a creature card with flying is in a graveyard, Karen Wanderer is flying. The same is true for fear, first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, landwalk, lifelink, protection, reach, trample, shroud, and vigilance. Okay, a couple things. First off, why do we why do we make a list? Why why do we list these things here? Um, and the reason is that we can't. The rules can't. Um, there's no way to just say keyword abilities. Uh, the game does not do well with that. And so, in order to make it work, you literally have to list what abilities you are. So, so one of the things about these cards, which is interesting, is they show you the keywords of the time. So, for example, we gave this every evergreen keyword we had, we, we put on this thing. Uh, and so you can see, oh, you know, instead of menace right now, there's fear. Because at the time, fear, there was fear. Fear was can't be blocked by black or artifact creatures. I'm sorry, must only can only be blocked by fear and artifact creatures. Then we became Intimidate. Intimidate can only be blocked by creatures of the same color and artifact creatures, kind of fixed fear. And then we eventually went to Menace, which is just can, um, must be blocked by two or more creatures. Um, you see Protections here. You see Shroud is here instead of Hexproof. Um, so you see a bunch of sort of different things that at the time, th this is what they were. Um, the idea that we like this a lot is that this is a creature... The flavor was this was a creature that had the creatures of the dead. Um, and it looked at all graveyards because the idea of if any flying creature is dead, it now game's flying. Um, I like making these kind of cards. Um, one of the things that is fun is the changelings were already shapeshifters, and this is a very shapeshifter-like ability, so it's kind of fun um, that we could... Like, one of the things I was doing making changelings is trying to find things that want to be shapeshifters because already they're shapeshifters. Um, and that was... You know, that was kind of cool. Um, to like because I mean I'm piggybacking on the fact that there's, there's shapeshifters already, um, and I just like the idea. We had we hadn't done that card before. Um, I've made a lot of these kind of cards. I'm I'm big on look somewhere and then has the abilities of the places it's looking. Um, so this time it was at the graveyard. Um, you'll see other others on the handiwork and like one of the um, Simic cards. You'll get abilities of things that uh, uh anyway. There's lots of other. This ability you can use in different ways, where you just you kind of look and copy things. Um, normally, the copying things isn't in black, but because we were looking at graveyard, we were able to put it in black. This ability usually copying abilities usually isn't a black thing, but the flavor of doing dead things felt super black, so we put it here. Caterwauling Bogart, three in a red. Uh, so it's a goblin shaman, two two. Goblins you control and elementals you control have menace. Uh, neither time this was written out, menace wasn't a keyword yet. Um, so there was a card, uh, what was the card? It was Goblin Wardrums was in Fallen Empires, I think. Um, that's the first time Menace appeared. Obviously it wasn't called Menace yet. Um, but we liked the ability, and one of the reasons that we eventually, Menace eventually became keyworded is that we kept making cards like this that just had the ability. Um, one of the things we always like about Menace is that it, um, the, the problem we had with Intimidate and Fear was if you had a certain deck combination, you, just, you just couldn't block the creature. It was just unblockable. Oh, I can only be blocked by black and artifact creatures? I don't have black creatures. So I'm not playing black, and maybe I have one artifact creature in my deck. So, wow, I really, I, I'm going to have a hard, hard time blocking a creature. Um, Intimidate was a little bit better, um, just because it widened a little bit. But in the end, it had the same basic problems as Fear. Menace is nice because Menace, 
look, there's there's an. I mean, maybe I can't block you if I have one creature, but look, I'll, my deck's going to have more creatures, and you know, I'm going to have ways to interact. Now I have to decide whether I want to attack. And, you know, I don't want to leave back two creatures for you. It just makes more interesting dynamic decisions. Uh, so Ketterwall and Bogger does something interesting. You notice it says goblins you control and elementals you control have menace. Um, I don't know why it doesn't say goblins and elementals you control, but um, maybe there's some reason for that. Um, I may assume there is. So one of the things we tried to do in this set, because we had um, eight different creature types we were supporting, um, obviously we had changeling. The other thing we did is we did what we called crossover cards, where the idea was, oh, well, the flavor is the goblins and the elementals get along. So this card says, hey, you can have a deck of both goblins and elementals, because sometimes it's hard to have just one, or sometimes you just want to mix things up a little bit. Maybe early on I get a good goblin and I get a good elemental. Oh, if I take this card, now I can maybe play a deck where I can branch between goblins and elementals. Or maybe I can play a goblin deck and splash a few elementals, or play an elemental deck and splash a few goblins. It just allowed you, once again, to mix and match sort of what you could do. Okay, Shonda Nalar. Three red red, loyalty six. Um, so she has three abilities. Um, she's a legendary planeswalker, Chandra, obviously. Uh, her plus one ability is Chandelar deals one damage to target player or planeswalker. Um, once again, this card, when printed, wasn't legendary. Uh, it only dealt damage to players. Anyway, I'm not going to keep repeating myself, but um, I'm reading the up-to-date text, obviously. Uh, second ability is minus X. Chandelar does X damage to target creature. Um, and then minus eight is her ultimate. Uh, Chandelar deals 10 damage to target player or planeswalker, and each creature that player or planeswalker controls. So once again, uh, Chandra was made very much as a base Red Planeswalker. The good thing here is Chandra's shtick basically is she's a Pyromancer. She deals a lot of damage. Um, there's a few other things we, we had her do, but like Ajani, as I said, wasn't... His middle ability was pretty Ajani. Uh, the, this is Chandra up and down, uh, you know. Um, we knew she was a Pyromancer, and so Pyromancy, one of the nice things about Pyromancy is... Um, it, it works really well with direct damage, and red is all about direct damage. So um, this card basically said, okay, the plus one is just hitting players for a small amount. The middle, uh, this is, I mean, this is obviously the introduction of Planeswalkers, but it's also the introduction of a minus X loyalty ability. So the idea is that you can spend as much loyalty as you want. Um, she starts with six loyalty, so you have the ability right off the bat to sort of do a bunch of damage, but you have to decide whether you want to get to her ultimate or not. If you start using her middle ability, um, it becomes trickier to get to the ultimate. And the ultimate is pretty explosive and, you know, is game-changing of an ultimate. So you kind of got to figure out, are you using her more as a means to sort of get rid of things um, in the short term or building towards something in the long term? Okay. Um, Changeling Hero. Okay, so Changeling Hero is four and a white. It's a shape-shifting creature, 4-4. Four, four. It's got changeling, which means it can be the cards any type. And it's got champion a creature. When this enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you exile another creature you control. When this leaves the battlefield, that card returns to the battlefield. And it's got lifelink. And so it's a 4-4 four, four lifelinker. Um, so it's 5 mana for a 4-4 four, four lifelinker. Um, most champion cards champion a particular creature type. Um, but on changeling creatures, we let it champion anything. Because changelings are everything, is the idea. Um, so, if Changeling goes on a goblin, well, then it, it champions a goblin. Um, as I explained in my podcast um, on Lorwyn, champion was our idea of trying to do evolution. Um, I don't think it was the greatest execution of evolution, um, but, I don't know, it was definitely, um, 
I mean, it it played decently. It, it, it I don't think it had the. It didn't convey its flavor as well as we wanted, um, and so it's kind of a miss for me. It, it was not as popular with the players as I would hope. Um, but part of that, I think, is the the flavor of uh, of the creature turning into that creature. I don't know. Yeah, it ended up. Our inspiration and where it ended up were very different. Like it did not have the flavor that we had started with, and I think that had some impact on how people perceived it. Cloud Goat Ranger, three white white for a giant warrior, three three. Um, when Cloud Goat Ranger enters the battlefield, create three one one white Kithkin soldier tokens. Tap three, untap Kithkin you control. Cloud Goat Ranger gets plus two plus zero and gains flying until end of turn. So the idea is, I, I talked about a moment ago. A card that um, crossed over to goblins and elementals. This is a card that crossovers Kitkin and Giants. Now, one of the interesting things about this card is um, it's Kitkin interaction. It gets built in, meaning if I'm playing a giant deck, I can just play this card. Now, the three um, Kitkins I make, I need to, to, to save to power up my Cloudguard Ranger to make him fly. Um, but if I'm playing him with other Kithkin, or if I'm playing a Kithkin deck, I might throw this in my Kithkin deck that allows me to use whatever Kithkin I want to make to make him fly. Um, so this was neat in that it was a card that you could put in your giant deck, or you could put in your Kithkin deck, or might encourage you to play giants in Kithkin. Okay. Okay, next. Kolfenor's Plans. Two black black enchantment. When Kolfenor's plans enter the battlefield, exile the top seven cards of your library face down. You may look at and play cards exiled with Kolfenor's plans. Skip your draw step. You can't cast more than one spell each turn. Um, so the idea here is we're playing around this space, something that Black does, where we give you access to something, but then give you restriction that later could harm you. And so the idea here is... Essentially what this card is saying is, I'm going to let you draw seven cards... But, um, that's it. You don't get to draw any more cards. And you um, to keep you from sort of spilling them out all at once, to, you know, to avoid this being an instant combo win card, um, you have to dole them out over time. So that for four mana, I get to draw seven cards. But I'm taking on two big negatives, which is I don't get more cards, and I only get to get cast one spell a turn. Um, you know, can I make a deck? This is a Johnny card. It's a little bit, little bit of spike to it. Um... Um, the idea is, you know, that for Johnny and Jenny, it's like, okay, how do I, what do I do? How do I build a deck that makes use of this? Um, the reason it, it's a little bit of a spike card is there is a point in time where you're close enough to winning that getting the extra cards will help you win and, clo- and close the game. Um, but kind of know when to do that is tricky because if you do this card prematurely, it will lose the game for you. But if you do it at the right time, it can be the thing that wins the game for you. Um, and so... Um, anyway, it, it, it's definitely one of those cards that I enjoy in that it, it definitely makes you think a lot about how you want to use it. Those are fun cards. Okay, Consuming Bonfire. Tribal sor- uh, three red red, so five mana total, two which is red. Uh, tribal Sorcery Elemental. Choose one. Consuming Bonfire deals four damage to target non- tar- non-elemental creature. Or Consuming Bonfire deals seven damage to target tree folk creature. So this is a good example of I love when we can take spells and make something that is only makeable in the set we're making. Uh, and this is a perfect example. Like, there are not a lot of sets that you could reprint this card. 
for numerous. I mean, it's got tribal, which means we probably wouldn't print it now anyway. But uh, 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 forgetting that part, like it has to be in a set that cares about that has elementals and tree folk, and ideally, you know, want, wants to be in the set that's kind of tribal that cares about elements and tree folk. Although it doesn't have to be tribal, I guess. Um, one of the things we tend to do in tribal sets that we like is um, making cards care about what creatures are in their restrictions, like sort of their targeting restrictions, um, and then it just makes things a little different. Like the idea here is it's a direct damage spell that kills creatures. Um, the cutesiness of it is, well, how do you, you can't use um, a fire to kill a, a, a creature made of flame. Um, you know, the, the, the flamekins, the elementals here were flamekins. The flamekins are made of flame. So you can't, you know, you can't, uh, you can't burn a creature made of fire. Um, so the non-elemental, like once again, it made elemental creatures matter. This is one of Red's kill spells. And so, oh, playing elementals means that one of your things is, you know, you have some invulnerability against one of Red's main spells. Um, then the other ability, the tree folk one, is mostly what I would call trinket text. I mean, it's not completely trinket text in that they're true folks and, and it matters. Um, but it was done for flavor. I guess it's not completely trinket text. It's a, it's a little more than trinket text. But it was done for flavor. The idea is, well, if you can't burn, um, if you can't burn elementals, wouldn't tree folk burn really well? You know, they're made of wood, right? Uh, and so the idea was, okay, um, you know, we'll do extra damage to tree folk to imply that, oh, well, hitting tree folk with fire is even more potent than normal. So the idea is like, oh, well, you don't want to use this on elementals. Oh, you do want to use this on tree folk. Um, and we take a card, like I said, we every set's going to have cards. I mean, basically this card in the vacuum is do four damage to a creature. Boring. I mean, magic needs cards like that. But I mean, it's nothing special about that. And all of a sudden, it's like just these little nuanced things about, oh, well, it's fire and fire can't hurt a, an elemental and really can hurt a tree folk. Just gives the card a lot of flavor. And that one of the challenges of making magic is that we want to, um, we, but we're, we're remaking the same game again and again, and we're tweaking it, and we're, you know, there's flux to the game, but look, there's always going to be a direct damage spell that kills creatures, like many direct damage spells that kill creatures. When we can make something that just has extra flavor and feels more organic and just makes you smile when you read it for the first time, that's, that's good design. You know, that is something that is, um something you want to, you know, you want to duplicate. Okay, Crib Swap. So Crib Swap is a tribal instant shapeshifter. It costs two and a white, so three mana total, two generic, one white. Um, it's got Changeling. The the, uh, the the ability has Changeling. And Exile Target Creature, its controller creates a 1-1 colorless shapeshifter creature token with Changeling. Um, okay, so it does a couple things. One is it gets rid of a creature and replaces it with a 1-1. Um, now that's the kind of card we make. Um, over the years, one of the interesting things is the big debate of who is supposed to shrink things into make them like sort of generic one ones. Um, for a long time, white was the color that did that, uh, and we slowly moved the ability over to blue. Um, we tend not to do it on instance in blue because we don't like it as a combat trick to kill things. Um, blue's more likely to do it either as a sorcery or as an enchantment. Um, and the idea that blue blue is a transformational color that turns things into other things. And so, um, originally it was in white just because the idea of white makes you powerless and that felt right for white. But uh, the, the flavor of you transforming things into other things is super powerful and very flavorful. And so we decided to do that um, in blue. Uh, so Crib Swap, 
Um, one of the things that we were playing around with in, in this set is making the kill spells feel a little less threatening. Um, and the idea here is somebody you're sort of just being swapped with something else. Oh, the cool thing about this card is by making the thing it changes into a changeling, um, it allows some interesting interactions. Um, if you want to, you can use this on your opponent just to get rid of their big creature and give them a small creature. Um, but it also allows you to use it on your own creatures when you have tribal interactions that are important. Let's say I need to do a certain amount of damage and I need one more. Or let's say I'm, I need to sacrifice something. Or, you know, I, I need to have a certain creature type. You can use this on your own creature to essentially turn it into the creature, you, creature type you need so that you can make use of that. Uh, and while most of this was used as a removal spell, the fact that it doubled as a, um, you know, it, it, it was a card in white that helped you deal with tribal interactions, you know, that was kind of a, a clever way to do that. Um, and it was definitely sort of, you know, it was definitely fun. Um, the um, One other thing we did is it's a tribal card that's changeling, which means that any card that interacts with anything um, can interact with this card. Now, given it's a spell, there's less tribal things interact with spells, but um, where you could, you know, you could regrow it, you know, if you could get a certain creature type back and stuff like that. Okay, next, Cryptic Command. So one blue, 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 so four mana total, one generic, three blue, it's an instant, it says choose two. Counter target spell, return target permit to its owner's hand, tap all creatures your opponent controls, draw a card. So the commands were the brainchild of Aaron Forsyth. Um, Aaron was the lead designer of Lorwyn. Um, Aaron has always been a big fan of, um, of spells that, um, modal spells, um, spells that, you know, give you a choice of what you want to do. And we had done a bunch of charms at the time where it's like, here's three things, pick one. So Aaron's innovation is what if we make, you know, a rare version and instead of three, choose one, it's four, choose two. Um, the commands were pretty popular. None was as popular as uh, Cryptic Command. Um, Cryptic Command, I mean, just a very powerful card and very useful card. I mean, this card shows up in almost every format that, that can play the card. It just is... It is so useful in the flexibility. Um, and, and the commands really show the power of flexibility. One of the things I uh, found in general when I, I deal with um, designers that are a little less experienced is people tend to under-evaluate the power of flexibility. That flexibility is, is... There's a lot of power to it because it really gives you ability and a means to control... It gives you, the ability to be flexible really just makes things much more useful. And so, um, like one of the reasons that I think the commands ended up being particularly strong, especially this one, is I think we a little bit underestimated how powerful having the choices were. I mean, not that the card isn't powerful nonetheless, but I, I think we underestimated a little bit. I mean, I, I think we thought the card was a little less powerful than it was than it ended up being. Um, so, anyway, I, I thought that was cool. Um, we do have time. Okay, well, I am now at work. Um, so I don't know how many podcasts this will be, but I will keep walking through the sets uh, as long as there's fun stuff to talk about. Um, anyway, I'm now at work, so we all know what that means. I mean, this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to make magic. I'll see you guys next time.